Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Radio. I feel like I say this every year, but around this time, I always am just blown away with how many awesome athletes there are in Montana. And the thing that puts it into such perspective, I think, for me, is when state track and field rolls around. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about AA, A, B, C, boys, girls. The marks are just so amazing, and uh, it's just fun to follow. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. State championships uh, in the books across the state of Montana now for spring sports. So uh, it's always the anniversary of an end, and it's always fun uh, when it comes around, but also sort of melancholy as well. We're going to have to wait now uh, for the full schedule of high school sports uh, until late August. But it was a great academic and athletic year here 2022 and 2023 plenty more on all the recently crowned state championships coming up later on this week we just want to give you the broad results here coming out of the long weekend and then we'll get into the the ins and outs of all of it the historical meanings and get you some interviews and some guests coming up uh, later on this week as well but if you missed anything in the first hour of the show state championship heavy uh here on nuanas now you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day whenever you're on the Montana State campus. It's time now for Garden City Spotlight, where we highlight various storylines from across the Garden City. It's presented by Missoula Electric Co-op, and we're joined now by the head coach of the Big Sky Golf Team, John Heaney, a guy I've known forever. He used to work at the Missoulian with this guy. What's up, Coach? How you doing? Hi, Coulter. Thank you for having me. The entry point here, we talked about this last year, too, but the entry point here is the uh, the Skip Copravica Golf Tournament, which is uh, an annual event, a fun one, and they do it each year uh, early summer to help raise money for the, uh, the high school golf teams from right here in the Garden City. So John here is the head coach at Missoula Big Sky, but this also helps raise money for Sentinel, Hellgate, and Loyola as well. So, I mean, just tell people about this. This has been going on for a little while now. Yes, it has. It's, I think it's close to 30-plus years now that this has been going on, and it's it's named after Skip Copervica, who is the he was a longtime uh, pro at Missoula Country Club. Um, he retired a few years ago, and um, but still wants to give back to the high school golf community and does that yearly through the through this tournament. Um, 
So it's uh, Monday, uh, June 12th at 9 a.m. It's a shotgun start. So that's not, uh, yes, it's two weeks from yesterday, basically. So you got a couple weeks, uh, 320 bucks a team, $80 per person. It's a pretty good deal because they're going to feed you a couple times over. Actually, I got plenty full twice last year at this tournament. So uh, that's a good bonus. But you also get to play one of the best courses in the city of Missoula and in the state of Montana as well uh, there at MCC. So uh, that's pretty fun. But tell people what you raise the money for because, I mean, obviously uh, it costs money to play high school sports. So th- this goes towards a good cause. Yeah, it does. And we're fortunate, you know, Missoula Country Club donates the course and then um, Sun Mountain Sports donates the lunch. Um, But it benefits, you know, Big Sky, Hellgate, Sentinel and Loyola. And it basically funds our programs. You know, we we use the funds. We get a a JV team out of this. Um, We get, you know, golf balls. We get shirts. We get rain gear, golf bags, really anything we need um, comes from these funds that we raise. Have you seen John Haney, by the way, joining me in studio here on Nuanas now, Big Sky Golf Coach, talking a high school fundraiser golf tournament, the Skip Copper Vika tournament coming up at Missoula Country Club Monday, uh, June 12th. During during the pandemic, golf really took off, and I think you saw a lot of interest in golf rise. Did you see that at the high school level, too? You know, we did um, not as much on the girls' side, but definitely on the boys' side. Interesting. Um, lots, lots of kids coming out, learning how to play. Um, being a member at the Ranch Club, we saw lots of kids out there involved in um, their weekly camps and the PGA Junior League. Um, there's also a Missoula Junior Golf Tour that's very popular. They get to play each course in Missoula throughout the summer on Tuesdays. Um, so golf is alive and well in Missoula, and um, the opportunity to play at the high school level is, you know, a the experience for our players. Um, we get to go to all these nice golf courses. Um, we get to play two rounds. They're two-day tournaments, 18 holes each day. Get to stay in hotels, um, miss a ton of school. So you do <laughs> you do have to be a good student, though. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Missing that school right off the bat um, can kind of put you behind the eight ball as far as school goes. But we're lucky to have really good kids, you know. Um, lots of times at the hotel room, they're having study groups, doing math, or, you know, just studying for whatever so um it's a great experience for these kids i love that you're encouraging people from the jv level too because i think sometimes joining the high school golf team can be daunting because to be on varsity be competitive on varsity you have to be pretty good uh but i I love that because you can't get good at golf unless you play golf all the time you know as a golfer yourself you got to play constantly to be able to even be somewhat competitive but that's cool there's sort of an entry level there with the jv squad as well there is and the the golf courses around missoula are so uh good to us you know we get uh we get a practice at the ranch club missoula country club larchmont the university golf course is great to us canyon river you know they they give us that basically give us time on their courses to play and that allows us to develop players as well from you know from beginner all the way up through the varsity level all sorts of stuff going on in the wide world of golf, but one cool storyline, John Haney joining us here in studio, uh, the Skip Copper Vega Golf Tournament at the Missoula Country Club, two weeks from yesterday, so that's Monday, June 12th, 80 bucks a person, $320 per team. Uh, we have now seen the rise of a really prominent golfer from Montana and Riggs Johnson, who's from up there in Libya, and uh, he kind of took the high school ranks by storm when he was here in Montana. 
I was, I was doing triple takes. I'm like, there's a Class A kid that's shooting 60 at the state tournament, and he's kept it rolling at Arizona State. I mean, he's been uh, a, a huge contributor there for the Sun Devils. But what's going on lately? I saw some highlights on Twitter. They're like into the, the formative part of their season now, right? Yeah, it's the NCAA championships now at uh, Greyhawk and Scottsdale. Um, there's a thrilling day yesterday. Um, eight teams qualify to, um, to play for the national championship, and they go match play, and Arizona State faced Stanford um, and all five players played each other from each team in a two-hole playoff and Arizona State um, advanced um, on a key par putt from Riggs Johnson on the 18th hole. Um, and this was not just any par putt. I mean, this thing was like, it's like a 25-footer. Yeah, he rolled it right in. Um, it's And it's amazing to see a kid from Libby, Montana to uh, succeed at that level. I, he'll play pro golf in some capacity, whether that's Liv, whether that's Corn Ferry, whether that's, you know, eventually the PGA Tour. He is a legitimate golfer. Well, it's very cool, especially just being from uh, you know a tiny town in Libby, Montana, and he's doing it at an all Pac-12 level there uh, at Arizona State. So, uh, how about some summer content for you? We'll we'll, uh, we'll effort Riggs Johnston uh, see see what he's up to because it's been it's actually been a while now. I think the last time he was on the show, he's about 16 years old. So he's uh, he's certainly improved as a golfer uh, since then. W- what do you think of the wide world of golf right now? I, I find the uh, the emergence of the Live Tour, while it's it's incredibly controversial for a variety of reasons, from a pure golf and storyline perspective, it, it's created like this rich heroes versus villains thing. And there's way more characters in golf already than there ever has been. So what's your perspective just on the wide world of golf? Well, at first, I don't know. It was kind of it was new and kind of uh kind of tough to get used to that some of the best players wanted to go and um, defect, I suppose, to the sure. live tour. But, um, and I know Phil Mickelson made some really controversial comments, but Certainly. it's kind of a washing out that he was he was right. And um, it's really, you know, it's up the purses on the PGA tour. Um, you know, there's lots more dollars involved. So um, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think... I'm I'm coming to grips with the idea of a, of a rival tour. It's so interesting too, because from a pure viewership perspective, I don't know how much golf you, you watch on a regular basis. Are you a big time golf guy? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Very because much so. I mean, I love golf, but I also would rather be playing golf than sitting inside watching it, unless it's a major. Then I'm always going to watch if it's a major. I watch the Players Championship. You know, six or eight biggest tournaments of the year. I, I find myself tuning in. But when the Lib guys first were not going to be allowed to play in the majors, I was like, oh, man, if I want to watch Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson, two of my favorite guys, I'm going to have to tune in to Live. Well, then all of a sudden they're playing in the majors, so uh, not necessarily the, the same deal. But it is. It's kind of it's kind of weird to come to, to terms with it. But I, I do see some of the reasons why the Live have been able to lure these guys. Well, yeah, and I think as long as they're able to play in the majors, they are going to have to figure out the world golf ranking because For sure. um, right now those golf rankings are incorrect. You know what I, <laughs> I mean? mean, right. Brooks Kepin has won the PGA Championship. He's not even in the top 200. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so that once they get figured that figured out, and the um, and if they can play in the majors, you know, I think it's um, a great a great thing for golf. Yeah, it certainly is. I think it, uh, you know, it's just going to increase the the richness of the storylines, and you know. Uh, I, I think that the more eyes on golf, the better to continue to help uh, grow the game. If you want to help grow the game, go play these guys' golf tournaments. Skip Copperbeka Golf Tournament at the Missoula Country Club coming up Monday, June 12th. John Heaney of the Big Sky Golf Team, head coach there over there at Big Sky, and also one of the uh, primary organizers of this event joining us here on Nuanas now. Uh, 320 bucks a person, eight, or excuse me, $320 a team. That'd be a lot for uh, a person. $80 per person to help raise money for Big Sky, Hellgate, Sentinel, and Loyola Golf 
Uh, people want to find out more. Do you have a website or how do people find out more? How do they sign up? You know, you can reach out to the Missoula Country Club to sign up. And there are lots of ways to get involved if you can't play. Um, we're looking for donations. We have a silent auction. We have raffles. We have whole prizes. So please reach out. You can reach out to me directly. Um, any of the golf coaches. Rob Hanthorn is the coach at uh, Hellgate. Um, uh, Jen Ar um, Armine. Is there... Is, she's the new coach at uh, at Sentinel. Sentinel she yeah. just she just got married. It was Jen Bedell before, <laughs> um, but she just got married. And then Kelly Matheny is over at Loyola. So reach out to any of those coaches. You know, if you know businesses, we'll take gift cards, gift baskets, anything you can give to make this tournament um, even better. Um, you know, we have last year we had a full field. Um, we're aiming for that again with 36 teams. Um, yeah, it's a great it's a great way to get involved and support our our local golfers. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. If you want to find out more, you can also just text us, 406-888-1029, and I can get you in touch with these guys, too. So uh, if you want to find out more about this high school fundraiser golf tournament, do it, 406-888-1029. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You know, I've been a longtime listener, and it's finally uh, time I got on the show. And, <laughs> um, I'd also like to thank you for your coverage of local sports. You well, know, thanks, that's kind man. of been dwindling uh, in recent years, but um, it's always good to tune into your show, and we're going to get good local content for our athletes. Well, thanks, man. And, uh, you know, it, it makes me happy. You know this, being around young people, a lot of times there's sort of this narrative Although all oh, these young people and they're so soft, they're so lazy. You're around young people all the time. They completely inspire me. Most of the high school kids I'm around, I am totally impressed by. Well, yeah, and you know, with high school golf in particular, this isn't. It's competitive. Oh, super uh, competitive. It's you know, it's not around. You're not driving in the cart. The uh, beverage cart isn't coming by. Um, if you hit a bad shot, you can't quit. You know what I mean? You have to persevere. Some For of these sure. rounds take six, seven hours, and to be mentally focused for that long and to be successful it's you know it's 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 something to be proud of and um you know and we again we're lucky to have the kids that we do play um and you know the missoula community especially with a chance to support us through this tournament you know makes all the difference in the world and um you know we're just super appreciative of everybody who can uh you know get involved in this tournament Skip Kakravika golf tournament missoula country club june 12th that's a couple mondays from now you want to find out more? Call us or text us, 406-888-1029. i get you in touch with these guys. and uh, Or if you just want to donate prizes or anything of that sort, uh, please do a good fundraiser to go towards high school golf here uh, in Missoula. Thanks for being here, man. Yep, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. we got to hash this thing out from a business perspective. What is Brooks Kepka? Uh, what is he going to earn now that he's won this PGA Championship? What does it do for the overall branding of golf? Plus, is Nuggets Heat a nightmare for the NBA from a marketing perspective? We shall discuss Justin Angle, the business angle, next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. 
mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Still stuck on our conversation from Friday. Rajim Seabrook and I giving hip-hop history lessons. Mostly I was queuing up the lesson and Rajim was giving the lesson. Uh, but that's the playlist that's still stuck on the computer. So we're still going uh, old-school rap. It is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop coming up uh, later on this summer. So that's pretty cool. Uh, certainly been a huge part of American culture over the last half of a century. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Time now for the business angle with Justin Angle. Justin, in studio uh, with us here a uh, couple questions for you before we get to anything I actually prompted you for. First of all, you're a, you're a track guy. You appreciate track and field. Mm-hmm. Duncan Hamilton ran the fastest steeplechase time in the world on Friday at the NCAA West Regionals. 8.16. Wow. <laughs> wow is right. And, uh, you know, we keep thinking this kid can't do anything more, but the uh, the Montana State star does it again. Uh I did a triple take when I saw when I watched the race and then realized I double checked the results and realized not only did he win his race by 16 seconds, yeah. but he also ran the second fastest time in college track history and has the top time on the world leaderboard. Pretty good. I thought we were gonna. I thought you were gonna say you did a triple jump. But, um, <laughs> I don't even I know I can make to, it to I was the trying pit. Trying to picture that. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, so I'm not sure what the question is, other than. Just, I mean, it's yes, just it's, it's just it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and to see you know a kid from Montana doing that, and it's just it goes to show you the talent can come from so many places, and in particular in an individual sport, you can you can outshine your team and be a part of a great program at the same time and um, achieve that level of success. I mean, you look at, you know, Olympic gold medalists and all these things across all these sports, and they got to come from someplace. They got to come from someplace. Why not here? It's totally true. Um, The other one I was going to ask you about, I just got done reading this great Jeff Perlman book, The Last Folk Hero, all about Mm. Bo Jackson. And uh, the question is, we were talking about this on the show on Friday, The concept of a folk hero has become muddied, if not maybe non-existent, because, you know, you hear about anybody, any sort of phenomenon, and likely you can find a video of them on YouTube or on Twitter. So there's not necessarily like this this legend. You don't hear the the sound of the stampede coming down the canyon from miles away anymore. So what do you think of that concept and who do you have any folk heroes that, that resonate with you? Gosh, I mean, the the folk hero in a way that resonates with me is a what-if story, and that mm. is Steve Prefontaine. Right. Right. I mean, he was a folk hero, a cultural sort of icon, and then it was taken from us so abruptly and so early in his in his running career, yet he had already done so much. And For so sure. I think it's sort of an inverse concept to a folk hero is the sort of what could have been hero, right? And Bo Jackson maybe falls into that category because he was taken from us. And I say from us, like 
it was his loss. Sure, right. lost a lot right. of his health. Um, although he's gone on to live a wonderful life. I watched the ESPN documentary. He sounds like he looks like he's pretty content in, <laughs> for in, sure. his, in his existence. But that said, like he captivated so many audiences. And he had disappeared so quickly, um, particularly from football. He had a little slower bleed in baseball, but there's always been this what could have been. And I think those stories are uh, of the same ilk as those folk hero stories. It's so funny the way that Bo Jackson's story, then he, he was sort of this, this uh, legend all the way through his time in Auburn. Yeah. And then he finally gets to be seen by the public, but then his popularity skyrocketed for nothing that he did on the field. It was yeah. everything because of his endorsements and the way that Nike marketed him. And then it became like this superhuman. And even after his football career was over, that coincided with the first ever football video game, Tecmo Bowl. Yep. And Bo Jackson was the only perfectly rated player in that game. And that just made him like this insane legend because he was the only guy that you couldn't tackle on the Tecmo Bowl. It's just amazing the way that the off-the-field stuff influenced it. Yeah, and he was also doing things that we had not seen That's before, right. like running over Brian Bosworth or the running up the wall in the outfield um, after that catch. And, and, I mean, breaking and the bat on his head. Breaking the bat on his head, <laughs> on his leg, all of it. Like All those things had not been seen before, and you couldn't see them on demand. That's right. It was like, oh, my God, I heard Bo Jackson did this crazy thing, and you had to contort yourself to figure out when it was during the day that you could watch SportsCenter uh -huh. and hope that they'd maybe play that highlight again. There was no YouTube. There was no... Twitter, there's no TikTok. So the accessibility of these legendary moments was so much more limited and scarce. And so that feeds into it too. Like the number of people that say they were watching that game, much like Woodstock, probably right. far exceeded the actual number who watched it. It's so true. The business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Want to find out how Blackfoot can help you and your small business? Visit goblackfoot.com. Justin Angle in studio here uh, on Nuanas now. I was also thinking about you when I was watching this new documentary on Jeanette Lee last night, the Black right. Widow, the the uh, all-time great pool player. Because, and you'll love this if you have a moment to watch it. It's only about 45 minutes long. But the parts that were interesting to me beyond her focus and her rise to stardom and, you know, I mean, most people out there probably couldn't name any pool player professionally, man or woman. And if you could name one, Jeanette Lee. you probably named Jeanette Lee. That's right. <laughs> How did she become sort of this yeah. star that defined this one niche sport? But the part that was so interesting was how different TV was in the late 80s and early 1990s. When ESPN first started, they were desperate for anything, yeah. and yeah. they were playing everything. And then as it expands, now all of a sudden you have ESPN2. Well, ESPN2 was largely built on three things. Women's pool... The World Series of Poker and Professional Bowling. Sure. Hardly any of those can even get a seat at the table now because now all the contracts, ESPN just gets the NBA and, you know, Major League Baseball and all that. But back then, most of those sports were relegated to the networks. So I just found it fascinating. Just the, the reasons why people glommed on to Jeanette Lee. She wasn't. She was one of the best pool players, sure. but part of it was just her persona yeah. and how you could market that. And it's, it's it's just an interesting case study. And it's only thirty years ago, but it's crazy how different broadcasting sports used to be. Well, in some ways, it's come a little bit of full circle, right? Like in those early days of ESPN and and CNN and these sort of. Um, these cable networks with a very specific focus. Yeah, they had surplus inventory that they had to fill, right? So you're seeing events and sports and coverage of things that you had never paid attention to before. Mm -hmm. 
And much like there was a ton of Atlanta Braves fans in right. the 80s and 90s because they were on TBS every night. Totally. You've got this similar like interest in, in pool. And I think right now with the kind of shakeout in the streaming industry that we are seeing and or are about to see to a greater extent, yep. you again have like an excess of inventory and maybe not enough content to fill all of that inventory with high quality programming. So we'll sort of see, it's, it's sort of, I feel like we're the on the other end of the curve that that early moment of ESPN2 may be foreshadowed. It's so interesting to me too. I wonder how, cause it's this double-edged sword, right? If you really love bowling or the world's strongest man or whatever, now you have an app where you can go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But but how do you find out about that sort of stuff if it's not from just scrolling through the TV? Like, I'm not going to go seek out some new sport. I'm not going to just go watch pickleball. But I totally knew who Jeanette Lee was from being a kid. Just, you know, scrolling TV. You're like, oh, wow, there's something I could watch this pool. And so I just I wonder if it, it eliminates or not eliminates, but uh, reduces the amount people can find out about uh, just from casually watching television. Yeah. And I wonder, too, what the crossover between TikTok Mm. And television programming is in the sense that like TikTok's got this super powerful algorithm that serves you things you didn't even know you were interested in them until right. you got interested in them. Like I've I've been watching these videos of this these people jumping rope. Right. And I jump rope at my gym and I'm terrible at it. I'd really love to <laughs> figure out how to do a double under without getting all tied up in knots. And I've been watching these people who make these crazy TikTok. I had no idea I was interested in watching people jump rope. Yeah. But maybe people who are exposed to that sort of thing that actually has more formalized content on an ESPN, sure. on, on some other network, then go search. Like, oh, it turns out I do like watching pool. I'm going to go look for pool on my cable provider. Jeanette Lee versus this new 30 for 30. Go check it out if you uh, are so interested. It's not just about her prowess as a pool player. It's also about how she sort of rose to stardom and how uh, the the other pool players didn't like her at all because she was sort of anointed uh, as the star and how she just didn't care. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great story of focus and perseverance. Justin Angle in studio with us, the business angle. A uh, common theme on this segment has been the uh, the creation of and then sort of the rise of the live tour and uh, we wondered what would happen if a live guy yeah. won a, a major well that happened since the last time we're you were here. in yeah. brooks Kepa did it and uh for all i know golf is not over as we thought it was i mean yeah. i don't know we were never pr predicting any sort of doomsday but there was sort of this thought that this would be a bad thing for the game but now it's happened i don't actually know if it is a bad thing for the game yeah, I wasn't convinced that it was a bad thing for the game. Uh, I was thinking it might be a bad thing for the PGA Tour and their sort of power to limit players' mobility between the two tours. Um, the thought kind of occurs to me now is like, does any fan of the game actually care what tour a player is associated with? Right. Whether it's Live or PGA or... You know Joe's House of Style tour. I, you know who knows. Totally right. It's just who's winning uh, at the majors, right. and there's a handful of other events, sub majors that that capture like the Waste Management Open or whatever it's called that capture the the, the public in a similar way. But does anybody really care if Bruce Kupka is a live player and what that means? And it's easy for us to kind of um, talk a lot about the sort of business implications of these two tours and, and whatnot, but does it matter to a uh, 
to an to a casual fan or even a passionate fan. I'm not so sure. Yeah, that that's exactly right. I think that if you if you know about the live tour and all the controversies associated with it, and then you still choose to watch live golfers in yeah. major championships or otherwise, then you are consciously stating that you don't really care, right? I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is the people that do care about this are just not going to watch it. Totally. There's all kinds of moral compromises. And, you know, if you care mm. about concussions and right. bad behavior that players engage in, then are, are, you'd really probably stop watching football. But does anybody really stop watching football because of those reasons? Uh, I care about those things, and um, I don't watch as much football, but... It's not going to make me turn off the Super Bowl. And so that's a moral compromise on me or a moral inconsistency that's within me. And I think it, to the extent that anybody even thinks of these issues, it doesn't appear to be driving their consumption choices in any meaningful way. The, uh, I had a thought now because we've been talking about sort of the, uh, the evolution of, of sports fans that don't just love one or two sports. Sports fans like me who love all of the yeah. different sports but only have a certain amount of brain space and time to consume all of these different sports, right? Yeah. So for me, yeah, I'm going to watch the NFL regular season pretty much always. I'm going to watch the NFL from start to finish pretty much. Every week I'm going to watch at least a little bit of NFL. Part of that's just when the games are. You know, Sunday night is easier to tune in than any other night. You don't feel as guilty for, you know, watching the tube. I'm going to watch the NBA playoffs. I'm going to watch all the major championships for golf. I'm going to watch some of the World Series and some of the Stanley Cup Finals and then maybe you know some of the Premier Tennis Finals. I was thinking, could you make a streaming app for just that? And if, if that is, uh, is that a million-dollar idea or, or would that be way too hard with all the contract negotiations that it would take? I mean, it's certainly a doable thing. Yeah. The question is, is it in the interest of all the parties involved mm. to create such a product? Because Interesting question, does yes. the creation of that product undermine their product in other spaces? I mean, right. we've talked in this segment often about, like, does the NBA regular season even matter? You know, there's all this load management happening. Right. And there's just each individual game. I mean, the Heat the Heat were basically a 500 team that mailed it in for all of January and February. And now yeah. they're in the finals. Yeah. And, and the Lakers, <laughs> like, same thing. I mean, like the they, Lakers didn't start actually playing until mid-March. And then they made it to the conference finals. And, and were kind of compelling characters during that playoff run. Um, so if you were to package this kind of... Uh, for for lack of a better term, just calling it like games of consequence. Sure. Right? Sure. Like, I might want to buy that, but by doing that, that means I am decidedly not going to pay for the other stuff. It, right. It's sort of the same dynamic that occurred with the cable bundle. Mm. Right? Like, we wanted to disaggregate the cable bundle. We didn't want... We wanted to just pay for ESPN only, and I didn't want, right. like, you know, the History Channel and the Value Network and all this other stuff that they'd kind of package in, and I had to buy the whole package just to get the one right. I wanted. We've disaggregated that bundle, and now we're finding that with streaming some of the same things occur. Like, there's something on Disney Plus that I want to watch, and there's something on... HBO, whatever their new brand is, Max, <laughs> right, right, that yeah, I yeah. want to watch. And so now all of a sudden I've got all these different memberships and there's not one thing that offers all the things I want. Um, so I think there's some industry dynamics at play that would limit the feasibility of that because it's it's ultimately not in the interest of both the streaming, the, you know, the entity that puts it together and offers it, 
and the entities that own the content and the entities that produce the content. It is it is fascinating because you're right. It would be like an announcement of their of themselves, sort of demeaning their own product. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you, you know, when you've got this like series of assets, some of which make money and some of which don't. Yeah. It's tempting to sort of charge a price for only the ones that people are interested in. But as a result, you kind of limit your ability to capture share in those other places. Duan is now the business angle, the overlay between business and sports. Justin Angle in studio with us uh, here on your radio dial. You can always stream the show as well on the ESPN MT app and 1029ESPN.com. Uh, speaking of the NBA, it's it's hilarious to study sort of the history of the NBA and how often the right players and right teams made it to the championship, whether that's a coincidence or not. The NBA went through this crazy rise from basically a, a league that was completely obscure in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s to then one of the premier sports leagues in the country in the 80s and 90s to now, I think, alone in the number two spot behind the NFL in, in sort of American sports interest. Uh, but for the first time in a really, really, really long time, we have a finals for you know hardcore basketball fans that are that's awesome, the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. But I don't know really what... Uh, what it means for the larger NBA because you have one of the most unassuming superstars in, in sports in Nikola Jokic for the, the Nuggets. And then you have sort of this underdog story in Jimmy Butler, which I love, but I just don't really know how many people are glommed onto that. And nowhere to be found is LeBron James or Luka Doncic or any of these other guys. What do you think the NBA thinks of this finals? Well, I mean, I think in the short-term view, they probably wanted Lakers Celtics. Well, right? for sure. Or, you know, so, some other just big marquee matchup. Uh, and they didn't get that, right? And so, you know, when you're dealing with uncertainty in a business, you got to quickly pivot to maximizing what you have. And, and one way to look at this is, you know, Miami's a big media market. Florida is a bit of a, you know, success story as far as like people wanting to live there, people sure. wanting to have business there. Um, and so they can sort of buy into that piece. There's also this cultural piece that is that is resonant with Miami. And Denver is maybe a missed opportunity that the NBA could capitalize on. Mm -hmm. They've got this superstar who is just an amazing talent that maybe not a lot of people have gotten exposure to. I mean, some of the I, I haven't seen as much of his game as I've been able to see during this run. And just some of the highlights are like, oh my God, I had no idea. Like I'd never heard of him sort of during this uh this this um this couple MVP runs other yep. than a few highlights, but now you're seeing it for real and it's like wow this guy is by far the best player in the league and that allows the NBA and the parties surrounding it to start telling stories about this person now is he a captivating enough character to kind of hold that audience to command the space he occupies on the basketball court we'll have to see how it plays out but there is an opportunity for the NBA to pivot and to, to sort of propel the Nuggets as a small market team but also this emerging or this superstar who has emerged on the court into one who captivates the popular culture. He's such a, a uh, example of what it takes to build a superstar or lack thereof because he's unquestionably one of the best players on the planet, and he has been for three years. Mm -hmm. But that seems to... Being one of the best players on the planet is way far down the checklist when it comes to making NBA superstars, right? Yeah. Your, your brand, your, your swagger... 
what you look like is a part of it. I mean, you yeah. and I have talked about this a lot. Part of why Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson became so famous yeah, was their dudes. smile and, and how good looking they were. You know, so there's a lot that goes into it. I just find it fascinating that being exceptionally good at basketball and having no drama around you and not talking hardly at all to anybody makes it so that you're like way down the list in the NBA, but ironically also has it, you have your your team in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how that plays out. The guy has some charisma. Like no, he the, definitely does. He does. The way he interacts with teammates, with the media, He's, with he's the also fans. getting a higher level of exposure now, too, because the thing that where he was stuck was they lost in the early in the playoffs his yeah. two MVP years. Now, as the playoffs keep going and more people are watching more and more, uh, it helps a lot. So we'll see how it plays out. Like that exchange he had with the Suns owner after that little dust yep, up. totally. And then the next day, kind of, you know, greeting him on the practice court. I mean, that showed like a combination of kind of charisma, class, and instinct for how to behave in the moment when the spotlight is on that I think few stars have. Like a lot of these stars just sort of cultivate drama for the sake of drama, right? This guy seems to have some intuitions that um, indicate that he, he might be able to rise to the occasion. Last thing on the NBA, David Stern was uh, so the former commissioner of the NBA. He was so steadfast in his belief that superstars were the key to the NBA's yeah. success, and that's why it's such a superstar-driven league. Mm-hmm. Adam Silver has been very, uh, very opposite of that. He thinks that the key to success in the NBA is competitive balance, and that's why you see... There's as many far-flung superstars as we've ever seen. I mean, there's, you know, if there's 20 superstars in the league, very few of them are playing together. They're all over the place. Every big market has one. Even small markets have them. And uh, you you do see the competitive balance uh, just in terms of the regular season standings a little bit more even. Which one's going to weigh out here? Is it? I guess the question is, is it foolish for Adam Silver to go away from the model that David Stern used for, you know, two, three decades? It's hard to separate... You know, these commissioners are so different on so many dimensions. Sure. I mean, David Stern kind of played this authoritarian, yep. you know, protect the brand at all costs. Um, do not accept criticism. Do not accept anyone questioning your motives sort of persona. Adam Silver seems like much more of a... You know, person who kind of runs this the the, the organization by consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's the kind of persona that they throw off, right? And so you have to kind of add that into the equation when you're evaluating this competitive parity versus superstars. I think there's more space for more superstars now, so it might not be a question of either or. Maybe there's a middle path here. Because there are so many superstars, you can spread them around in yeah. more markets. And yep. as a result, you do have this number of stars. There's a number of, you know, with social media and all these other platforms, they can reach their audiences. But that spread of the superstars throughout the league can have, can offer competitive parity. There's still... The super teams out there, though. No, for sure. And they haven't worked. I mean, they sort of worked a little bit in Golden State, although they already had something going pretty good there for before sure. Durant showed up. Didn't work in uh, in Brooklyn. Um, and, and I think that's an open question as to whether that works. And, and maybe that's there and is sort of tied to this concept of having so many superstars that, you know, are these guys really superstars? Or are they just getting max contracts and have a big following and shoe deal? Do superstars even exist anymore? Right, right. I think that that's also, you don't, 
when you the NBA hitched its wagon to Michael Jordan at such a profound level that then when he did step away from the game for two years, it was this enormous moment where it's yeah. like, can the NBA make it through this? Right. Even though there was all sorts of great players, the NBA had just deified Jordan almost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they tried to redo that multiple times in the late 90s and they could never find anybody. Then LeBron James sort of took that torch. But, you know, how often are you going to get a Michael Jordan? How often are you going to get a LeBron James? What if there's not another of either of those guys? I do think it makes the future a little bit more clear because you don't have to burden one person. You can sort of have a lot of guys carrying the torch for the league. Yeah, from a business standpoint, I think, you know, set aside some of the positioning of the brand that we've talked about in this series before that I that I don't think has been as savvy, but from a from a business standpoint, what Silver's doing in, in diversifying the spread of talent across a, a larger group of teams and having, you know, a multiple superstars instead of uh, you know, one or two supernovas. That's a more sound strategy uh, from some standpoints for the longer term stability of the organization. The go all in on the Michael Jordan of the world, I mean, that that is a strategy that can have explosive growth, but it's not really reproducible without right. another Michael Jordan. You can't just sit or, you can't run a business sort of assuming that somebody of that caliber will come around. Um, I think you have to have the savvy to be able to you know, in the event that one of those sorts of people pops into your lap, you have to be able to capitalize it and, and shift your positioning and strategy around it if that's appropriate. So, so much of it is just a moment in time as well. Yeah, like you're, totally. never, you're never going to have the dream team again. I mean, Michael Jordan was not only the best, he was also the first. The first guy with a custom-made shoe. The first guy with it. his commercials. The first guy spreading the global brand. So a lot of it is... Uh, time and place as well. Justin Angle here uh, on Nuwana's Now, the business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Thanks for coming in, man. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you too. Justin will be back uh, in a week or two uh, and plenty throughout the rest of the summer. We'll see if Tommy's around. Either way, we'll talk NBA Finals and whatever Tommy wants to talk about next. Keep it right here on Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for spending some time with us here on Tuesday afternoon. Hope you had a phenomenal Memorial Day weekend. PSA for you, the Montana Department of Transportation will shut down one northbound lane on Reserve Street this week. Concrete repair works what they're doing. It's going to be shut down between 7th Street and 5th Street. So that's right there by Benson's Farm on Reserve, right before, I guess, right south of the Reserve Street Bridge. So if the Reserve Street Bridge is coming up to the north, it'll be right on your right-hand side there. Or if you're coming over the Reserve Street Bridge going south, it'll be on your left-hand side there. The... Uh, 
Concrete, concrete work starts at 7 a.m. tomorrow, expected to be done by 5 p.m. Travelers can expect delays along with reduced speeds and single-lane traffic uh, in the project area. You want to find out more, 511mt.net or dial 511. Missed anything in today's show? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast presented by Blackfoot Communications. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day. Uh, we didn't get through all of our best of the weekend. The one thing we missed was the Game 7 that didn't live up to the hype. Amazing how the NBA playoffs have played out. After Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals, when Miami was up 3 nothing. We were sitting here talking about how soft the Celtics are and how Joe Mazzullo is getting fired and how Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to just figure it out. And then after three straight Celtics wins, we're sitting here talking about how Boston has all the momentum. How are they ever going to do it? How are they ever? Or how, how is Miami ever going to overcome you know this monster that the the Celtics have created? No team had ever been down three zero and then had Game Seven in. Uh, on their home court until yesterday. Well, a Memorial Day crowd filled the garden. It was rocking, and the Heat did not care whatsoever. Jimmy Butler scores 28 points. Caleb Martin, one of the breakout stars in the history of the NBA playoffs. I can't really think of another guy that has gone from pretty much irrelevant, nothing, to what Caleb Martin has done, including 26 points yesterday. And... I mean, this thing was pretty much, uh, I mean, it was non-competitive after about midway through the second quarter, and it was a straight just butt-whooping in the second half. Boston showed no life. Jalen Brown committed a bunch of turnovers and just looked listless. Jason Tatum rolled his ankle really early on in the game and, and could never find his full rhythm. And now you got to wonder, this Boston team has been uh, sort of knocking on the door but never able to uh, kick down the door. So, I don't know. Boston's out. That's kind of the story coming out of the East. But how about Miami? The second number eight seed ever to get to the NBA Finals during the 1999 New York Knicks. And they take on the top-seeded Denver Nuggets. I mean, the betting man in me uh, says that Denver's going to absolutely roll in this series. But Miami was dead in the water about two months ago. And they lost the first play-in game. They win the second one. And now all of a sudden they're in the NBA Finals. So how can you count them out? We'll be back at it tomorrow. Plenty more reaction and conversation about state track and field championships and state championships from the last weekend. Enjoy your Tuesday evening. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.